You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. And welcome, folks. Another season. Yes, we're back. We're back after a long break. We're back after a long break. I know we had a different show on last week, uh, a roundtable debate, uh, talking about the ways of the world and decisions being made and COVID and lockdown. And I'm sure everybody is slightly tired, but frustrated with what's going on here and in the world. So this week, I have Seamus May. Seamus has been on our show uh, a long time ago. I think he was a lot younger, but now he's older and a lot wiser, I will say. This man has been fighting the fight for you over the last 22 years. He has tackled on policy. He has gone into the courts. Um, He understands what white-collar crime is, uh, the corruption that is flowing around within the corridors of our political systems. I ask Seamus to come back on today and share with us his knowledge, his experience of what he sees in the world. So Seamus, welcome back. Yeah, thank you, John. I'm delighted to be on again and hopefully uh, I could contribute something constructive and, and, and get people thinking out there. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just that year, you mentioned 22 years. I, I'm actually... Over forty years at the courts, and uh, of that, I I am twenty five years involved in running one particular law case, and uh, I also spent about fifteen years, some of it overlapping the twenty five, uh, fighting the banks off, which thankfully in the end uh, I, I I did. So uh, you know my 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 life's journey really has brought me into close contact with the media with the legal uh, profession, the, the judicial sector, and of course, uh, the body politic in a very big way. And, um, you know, most of what I would have to say would be born out of, you know, solid experience at the coalface, as I think from uh, looking at uh, Facebook or whatever, and then listen to other people's um, uh, journeys and taking it at face value. I, I tend to stick to the areas that I know very well. And these are areas I've studied and experienced and worked on. So with that, uh, hopefully we'll be able to have a, a reasonably um, productive conversation. Indeed. Seamus, what frustrates you at the moment with the political system and the deep, deep pockets of the corporate world? Yeah, well, you know, I left I left um, uh, UCD with a commerce degree in 1979. And prior to that, I had done um, a course in agriculture. And uh, I went into what I thought was a, a democratic uh, capitalist society. Um, and little did I know what actually was happening. And it has been happening over the last uh, 40 years, maybe a little bit more than 40 years. But like, and I've done a TED Talk on this, by the way, uh, uh, the TED Talk is called Ireland uh, Democracy or Corpocracy. It's, it's, it's quite a good listen to. So we, we don't any longer have a, 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 dem- a democratic society or indeed a capitalist society. We, we have a pernicious mutant of capitalism I think one 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 guy I was I was reading the other day he he called it a, a, a coup d'état that the, the body corporate has taken over um, the body politic and this isn't just in Ireland this is in the states this is in Ireland the UK it's in most most modern countries.
countries. So what we have is just an illusion of democracy, but everything is being done in the corporate interest and nothing is being done in the public interest. And uh, I have experienced uh, incredible levels of corruption and white collar crime right through the political system over the last 40 years. And I'm talking about with all of the senior politicians. I have files with most senior politicians from the last, certainly from the last 30 years. And um, I don't know how we're going to turn this around. It has got worse and it has got worse and it has got worse. And since this government came into power, it's got even worse again. Um, like it's only a few weeks ago, we had the stamp duty, uh, the, the, the cuckoo funds were forgiven for paying uh, stamp duty, uh, whereas the rest of us have to. And like what's going on, uh, what's clearly going on is, is a transfer of wealth uh, to the 1% elite, or maybe it's a half percent elite, but the transfer of wealth is has just accelerated to an alarming extent. And people, I, I don't understand, people don't re- seem to realise this. And, you know, media um, has uh, an important role to play. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've lost all faith in, in, in the media. Uh, I've, been, I've been dealing with media now for, as I say, for many, many decades. And just for example, uh, my, my case, which is a competition case um, against the largest company in Ireland, um, CRHPLC, it's also the third largest construction materials company in the world. Uh, and there are other companies that are defendants like ReadyMix PLC, Kassarin Concrete and CPI and all these. These are these are all the uh, defendants. And and um, you know for 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 twenty well not for twenty five years actually for fifty sixty years or more, government has been protecting the wrongdoing of these of these operators. These operators I have described them publicly as a mafia, and I can prove they're a mafia, and I have the files to prove it. But this mafia is being protected by the media, by the body politic. Uh, and by the regulators, the so-called regulators. Now, I've been approached on eight occasions by primetime, RTE's primetime. And the first time back in 1998, there were very distinguished um, and respected RTE people that approached me and they worked on all of the files. And they came back to me and said, look, Seamus, this is the best documentary we've ever, we've ever worked on. And they gave me the reasons. They wrote it out on a piece of paper and they wrote in uh, in a circle all the political parties. Then they wrote in another circle all of the banks. Then uh, um, they put outside of all that another circle with CRH, the the biggest company in Ireland. And in the dead centre, they put in the victim. And said, we have with the small guy, the David and Goliath battle. And they were so enthused by doing this programme. And the the programme or documentary was pulled at the very top. And this has happened with me eight different occasions. And there's another family, uh, a good concrete family. Uh, they were approached separately to do a primetime programme back, I think, in 2011. The cameras uh, came out. Uh, the whole set was set up in their, in, their, in their place of work. And the director, producer, received a phone call and all the cameras were reloaded back into the vans and all back to Montrose. So if we can't have a genuine media and if we can't tell the people genuinely what's going on, that, that's the problem. That's the problem we have. Um, people are being fed specific agendas uh, by a corporate controlled media. And uh, that's why, you know, people like me, people that have that have fought the fight and really um, uh, know the difference between right and wrong. That's why we can't and don't get the exposure. You know, speaking to people 
um, on the street, a lot of people, you know, they might, as we know, in the world of 2022, there's policies being done and everyone is either agreeing or disagreeing with policy. But there is one thing that I have asked and I have noticed for even though people agree with the policies, everyone agrees that this is the weakest government that we've ever had. Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, the government that's in at the moment, people feel that they want rid of them. No matter what their policies do, if whatever it be, people have seen beyond that. And also people need to realise that this country went bust in 2008. What's going on from 2008 to now is, is a scramble because it's not even this country, Europe, the world went bust in 2008. And as you say that it's, it's corporation. If you go on to uh, is this, uh, Bradstreet and look at the information there, everyone's a corporation. They're all registered corporations. The governments are registered corporations. The police force is a registered corporation. It's all corporation. And all this is, is corporations dealing with corporations. And a corporation will go and try and make as much profit, do as much skullduggery as they want, because it's not just, it's not people, it's corporation to corporation. And the system that is in place, in my opinion, also is there to protect them. So they can get away with, you could call it pirates, get away with what they want, because the system there is to protect them. Would I be wrong or, or, or am I right there, Seamus? That, that is absolutely the case. Uh, I mean, the sooner people realise, I've often said, you know, about a corporation, you've never been out for a drink with a corporation. You've never been at a wedding where the corporation's son was getting married. Corporations are, 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 are just creations and they're, they're, there's no ethics, there's no morals. Um, they're, these worldwide corporations uh, are many of them. Most of them are, are criminal in nature. Um, the, the companies that I'm suing in Ireland um, have been involved in, in wholesale criminal breaches of competition law and company law, but they are protected. And in actual fact, um, one of the Gardaí in the, in the um, competition authority in, in, informed um, the Good Concrete family that there wasn't a hope of Sir H being investigated because of who they are and what's at stake. That's all sworn up in an affidavit. I'm not making it up. And it's the same worldwide. So we are taxpayers are funding, say, institutions uh, like the Competition Authority, uh, they call it the Competition and, and Consumer Protection Commission nowadays. Um, and there's the likes of the Company Law Enforcement Office. And they're all costing a lot of money to run each year. And yet they're, they're ostensibly they're supposed to be protecting consumers and protecting the public interest. But in actual fact, they are protecting the wrongdoing. They're protecting uh, the wrongdoers. And, you know, like, where do you start? Look, I mean, we've, we've this almighty housing crisis crisis, which has spiralled out of control, particularly over the last 20 years. Like the, 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 the rate of increase in house prices and building costs compared to the rate of increase in, in take-home pay, it's it, like there's a, a ginormous gap between it. And they, they, what is happening is they're engineering society that people will, will never own anything, that people will never own houses. Um, they're, we're, we're charging the highest uh, interest rates in Europe, in Ireland, 
And if you actually go into them in some great detail, you'll find that in some cases we're, we're charging up to five and six times the interest rates available in Europe. So if people are being asked to buy overpriced houses with overpriced mortgages, it just doesn't happen. It can't happen. So, you know, Michael Noonan first brought in the, um, the, the star and, and, and the Kennedy, they brought in the, all these vulture funds. And they've never looked back since. I mean, they, they these cuckoo funds are now coming in and buying out all these houses uh, and, and with, with, with tax advantages that the government are, are giving them, all kinds of tax advantages. So, like, where is it all going to end? If I could just move a little bit forward on that. I mean, like, our post office movement is being decimated. It's gone from 1,800 post offices to 900, and, and it's due to go down to, God only knows, there could be only a couple of hundred post offices left when they're when they're finished decimating it. Our credit union movement is on its last legs. Believe it or not, it's financially sound today, but all of these mergers are because of uh, the effective anti-competitive um, uh, structures that are and rules that are being imposed on credit unions as against the banks. Uh, our beef farmers are being wiped out. The government uh, and the EU are intent to wipe out our, our suckling, our suckler industry, and, and, and they want to reduce our, our number of sucklers, I think, by a half, or, or, or well, certainly they want to reduce them by half. And yet uh, Brazil is going to... Uh, bringing in 24 million, I think I read last week, 24 million more uh, sucklers to kill in Brazil and export up to Europe. And we're talking about we're talking about CO2 emissions and we're talking about climate change. Like it's just for the, it's for the birds. All of these policies are for the birds. I, I would I would agree. And here's the people that I feel sorry for or my heart goes out to is Middle Ireland and say middle civil servants because everything that's happening at the moment in this country is a lie on top of a lie on top of a lie on top of lies so when people go and do research they're looking at lies you know it's 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 all just as makey uppy right from the beginning and people will write documents on this but they're actually writing it on a lie you know to <laughs> the research on it so the middle ground civil servants think they're doing the right thing because of the lies that they've been fed and the policies where they're not, they're actually destroying a country for their children, for the next generations. And I, and I, my heart goes out to the Garda as well, because the Garda who took a note of a swore to the office are suddenly for some reason are policy officers. And one of the things about the guards, everyone in, in the civil servants as well have, um, will have a contract. The guards don't have a contract. They are, if, if you really got down into their individual agents working for themselves because they're the only ones in the civil servants that don't have a contract. They swore the oath, but that's it. And all this stuff is going on. And then there's people up at the very top that know what's going on and everybody else is just don't. But the question is, why? Why are we, we in Middle Ireland falling for it why are we in Mildorning allowing it to happen? Like that, that's the thing that I can't get ahead. Have we just been placid? Yeah, but the whole thing has been quite cleverly orchestrated. And like, 
if you have a successful political party, and I'm talking about inverted commas successful, uh, like Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, they actually, they get huge control over the state because they're a party. And like, they over the years, like in the old days, we definitely had leaders. I mean, Sean Lamas was a leader. I don't think anyone will dispute that. Charlie Hawhey, in his own way, corrupt and all as he was, was a leader and he could get things done. But things have deteriorated now. I mean, we have three people in government, the, 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 the three party leaders. And like, I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I would not send them to the supermarket to do the shopping. I mean, it is unbelievable the incompetence of these people. They just have no experience of running an organization. They have no experience of, of you know, uh, um, what it is to have to make the right decision and make it fast. These guys are, are all spending millions of our money on, on special advisors. And like these advisors are coming from the same trough that they're all have their snouts in. So, uh, you know, and, and, and people say, oh, well, we need rid of this government. We need to change this government and we'll vote them out, whatever government it is. But like what we're doing is we're, we're, we're moving deck chairs around on the Titanic. The system is dysfunctional. The system is not working and it's getting increasingly, well, it's, it's gone now. I mean, the system is, has been taken over uh, by corporations worldwide. And that is going to be the next big revolution in society. It is going to be huge. As, as my mother, God rest her soul, would say, you know, a job for the good old boys. You know, it's as like she used to say with RTE when there was a program on, she goes, oh, look, there's your man. So they all just hire each other. And, and that is the same for the political system and also with the political system as well. Example, if you are a teacher and you are earning 40K a year, whatever a teacher is, and then suddenly you get into the political system and you've suddenly got your wage and you're jumping on planes and you're flying over and you're meeting people from different countries and the ego is there. You know, when your time is up, you don't really want to go back to be a teacher teaching kids again. So a new system, a new regulation or a new job is set up and they're all just corralled into the same pot. And that's how it goes. And it goes around and around and around and around and around. Which would be and, okay. Yeah. Which would be okay if these people were trained and, and aware of the public interest, which would be okay if we had something like accountability. We, we have zero accountability in this country. I mean, it's only last weekend that Kenny joined a, another board. I, I know he's gone out of politics three years, but why why has Enda Kenny joined this board? Why has he been appointed? It's not because of his brilliance. It's not because of his his his, his knowledge or expertise it's because of his connections to what is effectively um, a totally corrupt system and maybe maybe it's worth it's worth mentioning um you know about corruption because um Transparency International, and it's well worth downloading some of their reports, but um, they, did, they did a report um, on, on corruption in Ireland. They did one in 2009 and another one in 2012. And like they, they talk about uh, at the Moriarty Tribunal and the findings that Moriarty made of serious, what I call raw naked corruption and money changing hands and all this sort of thing. But there's a worse form of corruption, certainly in my experience, there's a worse form of corruption. And it's it's been termed as legal corruption. And legal, legal corruption, uh, it takes many forms. I'm just uh, quoting it here now. It, it takes many forms and includes cronyism, patronage and state capture when powerful groups manipulate policy formation to serve their own interests rather than the public interest. And that's that's what 
what we have. We are the world's number one in this country when it comes to legal corruption. And there's reasons for that. We only have a very small population, five million people, and everybody is somebody else's aunt-in-law's first cousin's great-grandfather, whatever it is. And it's it, we, we, so, so the, the, the sort of structure of our country uh, makes it very, very easy for legal corruption. And that's why people keep their mouths shut. And that's why journalists keep their mouth shut because the corporately controlled, uh, and there are exceptions. There's exceptions in in the political world. There's exceptions in, in in the world of journalists. There's exceptions everywhere. But I'm talking about by and large. And when you have a corporate controlled media, uh, how can you how can you possibly get like that? Like journalists have have wives, they are husbands, they have families, they have mortgages, they have uh, costs of going, sending kids to school, etc. So what are they going to do? By and large, they're going to they're going to toe the line so we, yeah, but, we, but it's also if you want to go back even go back to charlie hawhey he was corrupt but he was a leader but it was also back then that oh we vote such and such you know as a td for the region and he would come in and he would do great work like tony gregory in dublin you know for people tony gregory was an independent and he got stuff done because of negotiating skills in government so all this goes back to I'll vote you in. You'll get that new school put in or that road or the traffic lights and you slap on the back and then everybody leaves you alone. So the political system has turned into a corporation. Let's be honest about that. You know, it's no longer political. It's corporation and it's corporations dealing with corporations. So as I said to someone the other day, they said, like, what would you do? You know, my own opinion, and I'm saying it's my opinion, is that this political system for the size of this country is broken, completely broken. And no one is going to be able to sit around that table because of the way the system works. The only way I think that it would happen is if the system, someone sat on the table and broke the table in half, really and truly. But everyone is going, okay, great, great. And you know, there's no point running into a building and burning a building down and then going, OK, what do we do next? I don't know. We just burned down the building. I think people of this country need to know what is the alternative before they go in and start slamming doors and saying, what is it? So, you know, what is the alternative? You know, well, OK, people want to know what the alternative is. There's no alternative at the moment. It, it is unless and until we can bring about some change. Now, in, in a paper that I, I've been working on for some time, I, I, I talk about a number of different things that we could do. And and, and here's one example. I believe that the, the, the Senate, the Senate should be a political party free zone. Why do we have Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael, Labour, Sinn Féin, all of the parties? They are over in Dáil Éireann, um, and that's where they make all their moves. That's where they have all the power. But the Senate just mirrors that. So if Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael want something done in, in the Dáil, they just say to their colleagues in the Senate. And, you know, so the Senate is really, it, to all intent and purpose at the moment, it is useless. So I say get rid of the political parties out of the Senate and only put into the Senate people of, of, of proven track records, you know, top academics, uh, top ac- academics from all over the world, if necessary. Uh, and, um, you know, people that have uh, specific expertise and experience in various areas. And the Senate should be able then to hold the doll to account. Now, that, to me, to my mind, would be a significant move in, in, in bringing some power back to the people. 
and the public interest. And the second move that I would be uh, would want to see happening is the introduction of, of citizens' initiatives. Like Article 47 and Article 48 of the original Constitution of Ireland had had um, they provided for solic- uh, citizens' initiatives, whereby citizens could call. They could call up referendums. They could uh, introduce. They could introduce, or they could uh, they could stop laws from being introduced, but by, by basically by gathering up x number of uh, x number of signatures. And uh, direct democracy does work. This is basically called direct democracy. So, if if we could reintroduce Article Forty Seven and Article Forty Eight. Um, and also get the political parties out of the Senate. There's two things that that would work. Um, like I could say, sit here and say, well, look, the next government has to has to take has to break up the four the four biggest uh, accountancy firms. Not going to happen. It's not going to happen in America. It's not going to happen here. So we have to do a little bit, and we have to start off with, with little bits. And and I believe that these suggestions could happen. We could just about make them happen. It's going to be very difficult because because this this rotten political uh, um, structure has has seized total control over everything from media to everything we do. So nothing is going to be changed easy. And like in, in my in my humble opinion, and it might be in my time or your time, I don't know what, whose time it'll be in, but this system is the worst system the world has ever had. And it is going to change. There's it's collapsing. Be, it, this system... It's collapsing this, around us. Yeah, this system has run off the track. Um, and we'll get we'll get into that in a second. And just, just with what you're saying there as well. It's like... All this, the Senate as well. But the other thing, which which I think people need to realise this as well, you have like the Citizens' Assembly and the Citizens' Assembly is, you know, for us, the citizens. And, you know, it's 100 people and they're given policy. But, you know, the stuff that they're given or the wording that they're given and stuff and then the people that they speak to and educate them, it's controlled to get them to make a decision. And who are the hundred people that are put in here? Who, how are they picked? And I don't think a hundred people is enough in a citizens' assembly to for a decision for a whole country. It should be, you know, a thousand people. And I can apply for it, or someone else can apply for it and get in there. You know, that's one thing. And the other thing as well with the political system, you know, when asking people this or my own thoughts, just people, people say to me, you know. For the starters, any discussion of any policy should be done in public, not behind closed doors. That's one thing that people would like to see, that, you know, it's done openly and has transparency. Another thing which someone said to me was, you know, no person in government would be allowed if they were any part of any, any secret society as well would be barred from politics as well. And the third thing was as well that... The people that have to go in have to have courage and have to have truth. And after when they're making decisions, it's not in it for what's in it for me, myself and I, but what's in it for the greater good and what is the long term consequences of this decision? Because the policies that are being done in government at the moment is we'll do this now and let's not worry about it because someone else is going to worry about it 10 years down the road. It's kicking the can down. And even if those small changes were made, we could see it. And the the one thing which is spark with me, and government work for the people, you know, you know, they are not the controllers over the people. They work for the people. So why the hell are they all corporations? 
that's the one thing. Government policies, government, everything, the civil servant, they are corporations and they shouldn't be. And the question is why as well. And if Middle Ireland went off and asked those questions to their local TTs, to their local councillors, for starters, they wouldn't be able to give the answers. And the thing, it would, it would cause a chain in effect to go, what the hell is going on? Um, that's very interesting your point that you make there because I, I'm going to bring it back today again to articles 47 and 48 um, and, and it's going to because uh, listeners might be interested in this the original constitution article 47 said that any bill passed or deemed to have been passed by both houses may be suspended for a period of 90 days on the written demands of two-fifths of the members of Dáil Éireann or of a majority of the members of Shannon Éireann such a bill shall in accordance with regulations to be made by the Eructus submitted by referendum to the to the decision of the people if demanded either by a resolution of Shannon Aaron or by a petition signed by not less than one twentieth of the voters and the decision of the people shall be conclusive and article 48 said that the eructus may provide for the initiation by the people of proposals for laws or constitutional amendments now Eamon de Valera had this to say, because you see, they didn't, they, the original government didn't enact 47 and 48. They didn't work on it. And Eamon de Valera said, one of the reasons why I am anxious for it is one of the reasons put forward here when it was accepted by the Provisional Parliament. At that time, it was stated that it associated the people with their own laws. It gave them the feeling that they were the ultimate power, the ultimate rulers of the country. It gave them an interest which they would not otherwise have in legislation. And in the laws generally, it gave the people an opportunity of considering certain questions in a way in which they would not be discussed or considered at general elections at all. Now, the interesting thing is that when de Valera um, came into power himself and they and introduced the 1937 constitution he very conveniently uh, left out article 47 and 48 so this was all about power and you know, as we know power corrupts absolute power corrupts absolutely so we have to find a fundamental way of changing this and and another thing and I'm very involved in, in litigation and have been unfortunately for most of my life but they talk about the separation of powers like, how could there possibly be a separation of powers when the Oireachtas is appointing the judges? So Fianna Fáil are appointing Fianna Fáil judges, Fianna Gael are appointing Fianna Fáil, Fianna Gael judges, and Labour have had their, their, their Labour judges as well. I mean, where is the separation of powers? There isn't. <laughs> and that's, that is essentially why I'm in court for 25 years. Can you imagine... Been, it'd been taken a court, uh, taken a court case that's gone on for 25 years, and and is costing just is costing the earth. And people, people like me, uh, ordinary individuals, or, or small and medium enterprises, we we simply have no access to justice in this country, and that's a big problem. Because ultimately, if you think you're right and that they're wrong, whoever they may be, you are entitled to go to court. But the reality is, and I'm the living proof of it, you cannot go to court because you can't afford to go to court because the big law firms will throw procedures after procedures after procedures in front of you. And if you're up against a, a political creation, which is the likes of CRH, uh, PLC, the, the Cement Roadstone, if you're, they're a political creation and the judges have been appointed by the, by the body politic. Where where are you going? And that, that's why why am I twenty five years in court? And other people, you see, the thing is, 
when people see the struggle I've had and where I'm going, they are disinclined. In fact, they, they would say, well, I'd be mad to go to court. I'd be mad to even attempt to go to court because look what has happened to this guy. So the few brave people that have taken on uh, the system through the courts have really had egg thrown back in their face. So like they, 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 um, the, the whole system has become so utterly dysfunctional. And I, I fear for I fear for the next generation, the current young people coming through on every level. You're listening to Joe Dalton on Dublin South FM, crossing the Rubicon. Enslavement, you know, the, the word that pops up in my head that, you know, I believe this whole conundrum or this whole system and the way the, the way it's going as well. I don't think you or me are going to solve it. I don't think that's the truth. The only people I believe are going to solve this are the younger generation, you know, the people in their twenties and the people in their thirties. Um, and when I mean save it, I mean not mean it's sable rattling. I mean it's it's starting to understand the whole systems and then starting to get involved in the systems. And we know we know that people have have got into the political parties who want to want to make a change. Sure, I was in I was in a political party myself, you know, had my little coupon card and believed everything that was being done. And there's a lot of people in political parties who joined them are in there who who are genuinely have are in there. And I know some of the people and they believe that they're they want to do good. You know, they they have compassion. They have you know, the empathy, they feel it and they get in because they want to make a difference. But when they get in and unfortunately they don't see it, is that the system is like a big monster. And you get into and that system. Absolutely, absolutely yeah. correct. Yeah, that, that's the, and there, I've seen so many good people going into politics and they get eaten up by the monster. Yeah. I have I could write volumes yeah. on it. And these people are essentially quite innocent. Innocent. A lot of them are people that want to do good. Some of them, of course, are people who just want to get on in politics. But there's a lot of people going that want to do good, but they get eaten up by their own system and by their own party. They don't have to wait for another party to eat them up. Their own party eats them up. Yeah. And yeah. the system is, and it's such an now, like if if Fine Gael or Fianna Fáil are looking for a candidate in some constituency or other, they they don't want a bright, intelligent uh, person that knows what's going wrong in housing or health or whatever and can read. What they want is they want the local guy that that managed the under twenty team to the county championship for the last four years in a row. He's very popular and should he be a great man? Uh, he would of course be a great man, a great man for the party because he's a yes man before he starts and the party put him into position. Whereas a real true say independent without any resources whatsoever uh, has little chance of defeating this new uh, Fine Gael, Fine Fáil, or whatever party it is candidates so the system is just self-perpetuating it, it, and it gets worse and worse well you know it's funny I was reading a book the other day um, from a, a guy called Dr Joe Dispenza and in the book he said in 2017 when he wrote the book you know um, and my own instinct said it at the beginning of 2020 and then reading what he was saying going okay I must be right that it's you know the political system is crashing the medical system the financial system all these systems are crashing and COVID has just brought this on and lockdown has brought it on and you know I you know but we knew it was happening in, in since 2008 and the more I looked into it like I asked everyone you know, pull out a euro note out of their pocket 
and look to see does 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 it even say the word legal tender? Our old money would have legal tender on it. It's just paper. That's all it is. And this whole thing is, you know, Ireland is the richest country in Europe, truly the richest country in Europe because of our land, what's in our land and what we have in our seas as well. We're the richest. But we've been led to believe that we're the poorest. You know, for generations and generations, we're cap in hand and even... Even growing up in my 20s and 30s, you know, oh, the EU was great. They helped build the roads for us. They, you know, they done this. We were brilliant. They're going, oh, the EU is great. But we're giving them more than we get. And per head of population, we owe them more money than anyone else in Europe. You know, they say the Irish, we could rule the world if it wasn't for drink, you know. And the question that is, for a nation who have a great workforce and we travel all over the world and you know, we, we people who are, let's call it the Celtic warriors that are in this country and around the world, we're always very good at finding a solution to a problem. So the question then, you know, when I ask the listeners out there as well is, you know, what do you want to change? What would you like to see happen? What is the solution for this? Because we're all sick to death with Problem, 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 problems, finger pointing problem. What is the solution? And if we can come up with those solutions as collectively, we can break this corporate corruption policy system that has enslaved the nation for decades, for decades on it. Yeah, like I think you've made some very good points there. And, and I probably should have mentioned the fisheries earlier, but like Ireland has given away more from its fisheries. Uh, I think it runs into double figures than what we've received from the EU. We effectively handed over the fisheries to the EU in return for so-called um, support for our agri-sector. And we know where that support is is bringing our agri-sector now with the, with the trade deal with Canada and now the, the, the South American trade deal. So, um, and like we we paid by far the most per capita for the financial bailout back in, in 2008. So, um, you know, we in 2008 and prior to that, we had an orgy of credit creation, which which in turn creates a speculative bubble, which can only do one thing. There was no question about the, the, the banking collapse being a surprise, certainly not to the civil servants and the state. The banking collapse had to be planned. Otherwise, they would have taken steps to, to, to prevent the, the credit orgy. And now we've moved on 10, 12 years later, and we have an orgy of quantitative the easing, which is making money worth nothing. And if you look at what's happening with even the, the cost of building materials, some building materials are going up by 70%, 50% and 30% to be conservative on some others. And that's all since, well, they don't know whether to blame it on Brexit or blame it on COVID or blame it on the ship that came up the Suez Canal and got stuck. But the fact of the matter is money is becoming worthless. And, you know, people, and, and, and I, I should say when, when, when we are talking uh, just, just about money and about um, a competition law. Now, the, our own competition authority has estimated that, that criminal cartels are stealing circa 8 billion euros a year from the economy. Now, that works out at 5,000 euros per household in the economy. That's a lot of money. 
And now we have, uh, and we're going to have um, a huge amount of pay increases. And of course, the, the, the government employees will be the first to get them and they'll get the biggest pay increases as usual, even though they have far less risk, virtually no risk in their jobs. And of course, people have to get enough money to live and to pay for the bills. But why can why can we not attack the cost of doing business? Why can we not attack the high cost base? Because if, if you're getting, if you're saying getting 400 euros a week and you've been surviving on that, but, but costs increase and increase. So you go and you say, well, I need another, I need, I know I need 500 uh, just to be, just to stand still. Well, why not attack the cost base? Why not attack the cartels and, and bring the cost of building materials and bring the cost of pharmaceuticals and bring the cost of just about everything back? Because if we brought it back by 20%, which we could easily do if we had a political mind to do so, uh, then my 400 euros per week will actually buy me uh, 20% more. So that there's two ways of getting an increase, but uh, like we, we are going about it the wrong way and we will be the, the highest cost base in Europe and, and that will hit our tourism, it will hit our manufacturing and like our foreign direct investment and make no mistake about this, our, our FDI, which is a very good thing, has done a lot of good things for Ireland over the years, but it's tax-based and, it and it has been based for decades on uh, facilitating tax haven status for these companies um, and that's but but the, the the indigenous economy has been left behind because there's no real interest in in our indigenous economy which is the driver of most companies uh, countries germany's indigenous economy is the is the is the driver of of its economy and that that is its own indigenous economy small business in germany is is the key to the german german economy so like we've got everything joe we've got everything just we're so wrong over here no matter where you go where you look at it you can pick holes in it Will RT put you on? Will uh, Will News Talk put you on? Will, will, will can these things be properly addressed in the doll? No, is the answer, and that that is probably the biggest thing we have um, that, that that our media is letting us down. I just want to jump back on something there. You said about the cartels taking billions. Can you elaborate on that a little more? I can. Um, Canada introduced competition law in 1889. Uh, America introduced competition law in 1890. Um, Japan in 1945 and all other countries hundreds of years ago, 100 years ago. Ireland had no competition law until 1991. That's 30 years ago was our first competition law, the Competition Act. And um, if you anyone was aware of doing business in Ireland, you know that the Nace Road, for example, was a haven for cartels because people got uh, they, they, they got exclusive dealerships for whatever plant and equipment and stuff that was being produced in other countries. And the price the price of buying these in Ireland was was grossly inflated. And uh, as as Consolidation was allowed to take place within the banking sector. We all know that in the old days we had the National Bank and the Munster and Leinster Bank, and we had dozens of banks, and they were all consolidated into effectively AIB and Bank of Ireland. Um, but each each of these and the pharmaceuticals industries uh, uh, are all basically colluding within their industry sectors to charge artificially high price for their products. And that, that is that they are criminal breaches of the Competition Act. And we we set up the Competition Authority in 1991, that's 30 years ago. And it has been an utter 
disgrace. I I can go as far as to say that it is corrupt and it is corrupt because it it is not acting on the information which it receives. Uh, I've been involved in a number of sectors that have uh, put in complaints to the Competition Authority, but they simply will not act upon it. And Dr. John Fingleton, when he was head of the authority, it was his estimate that in in current figures, uh, competition breaches are costing eight billion per year. And I believe myself that that's a very conservative figure. so why, like, why do we not rein in uh, the, these criminal activities and take take the company law enforcement office? Because it, you you take the the industry that I cut my teeth in, I suppose, like the cement and concrete industry. That industry um, and CRHPLC, it actually secretly, and I can, I can prove all this. I have paperwork to prove it, but uh, it secretly controls a large number of its competitors downstream. So if you're looking at buying ready-mixed concrete, concrete blocks, sand and gravel, and you're in a particular region, you could be looking at buying it off Roadstone, or you could be looking at buying it off uh, uh, XYZ Limited. And you say, oh, well, XYZ Limited, he's a nice guy, sure, I know him, and I'll buy off him. But the actual fact is that 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 he is secretly controlled by CRH. And uh, we have raised this time and time again in court, uh, and we have raised it with the Competition Authority and with the company loan enforcement office and they simply will not do their jobs and they the head of the competition authority is Alder Goggin in in nine, in 2016 went over to Europe and I just haven't her exact words, but she said that we had a terrific Ireland had a terrific record in tackling cartels, which is utterly untrue. And and that's you know it's it's when you start to understand all this as well and you see articles being pumped out in the papers, you know Okay, why are they publishing this now? Why are they saying this? You know, and why is this person from somewhere saying something? And I believe it's to throw people off the scent. You know, I learned something a long time ago about fluoride in the water, and there was a big campaign about getting rid of fluoride in the water. And the government came out with saying, "Well, you know, we've just spent three million on it," and everyone went, "Oh, okay," <laughs> you know, accept it. Oh, we spent, we might as well use it instead of going, "Okay, so what? Throw it out." You know, and everyone then just if, you know, if, if something is going on that the papers or the government throw out a bone, oh, we're looking into that. And everyone goes, oh, great. They're, they're looking into it. Now we'll all just go away because the government are looking into it. Mm-hmm. There's so many decoys and there's so much, you know, you know, side stepping within the whole system. And it comes exhausting. And is it then Middle Ireland just kind of go, do you know what? I'm getting my wage, I'm paying my mortgage, I'm putting food on the table, I'm getting through life, I'm looking forward to my pension, and so be it. Is that it? That's a lot of it. I mean, just go back to, I, I did a I did a, a report on the beef sector uh, back in 2015, and uh, people were very, very uh, frank and open with me. And I met people um, that... Uh, fixed the price they were involved in fixing the prices of of animal steeds feedstuff and fertilizer into the agricultural market these are criminal offenses and like these were openly admitted to me so how are we supposed to compete Uh, how are our farmers supposed to compete with farmers from other countries when all their inputs are being artificially inflated you know in germany mortgages started 0.25 percent business and personal loans started one percent yeah look look, if, if people won't remember the good body scandal with the meat here 
back in the in the eighties. That's the that, that's the good, good man. Goodman, so yeah, Goodman scandal. Nobody held to account. You know, would it all change if we start adding to all the big corporations? You know, all the any company that's making over a billion, right? In Ireland, these are all the multinationals. Everything does here. If we were to increase them all by one percent tax for here, would change a lot of what's going on in this country. I'm not sure that that would work. I'm only, I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm asking. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm not I'm, sure that would work because effectively they'd say, oh, we, we, we charge 1% here. So we, 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 you know what we'll do? we put our prices up by uh, another 3%. Um, I, I, I don't think that's, and, and, and again, if you look at, at what governments have done about the housing crisis and they, 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 they put up uh, sweeteners and uh, various sweeteners over the years. But what, what happens is, that if, if there's a subsidy effectively of 25,000 in a house, the house goes up by 25,000 because the builder says, Yeah, yeah, the yeah. It's, it's, it's just here. So, greed, greed, yeah, greed, so greed, greed, we're gouging, greed. We're gouging, gouging, gouging. Uh, but, but it's easy to gouge if you're a corporation um, when you have the entire body politic. Uh, making the rules that that well, you're actually making the rules. They're just they're just writing them down and signing off on them. Well, well, they create the systems, and you voluntarily participate in them. Yeah, yeah. By by way of having no choice. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the solution? You know, the, what really is the solution? I know there is people out there who are working on solutions. Um, but it's all within the system as well, you know, and the system is crashing. And I don't know, hell, I, God, I don't know where it's going. Yeah. But it is. Yeah, we're, 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 we're heading for a very bad place. There is absolutely no question about it. The systems we have in place, even the financial markets, all of these things um, have undermined themselves. And, you know, we, we, we have to see now everything has been under co- cover of, uh, of COVID. So when this COVID thing is all over, let's see where we all stand. But the banking system is bust. Um, we have we have put forward time and time again for the last uh, eight years now in the Public Banking Forum of Ireland proposals for um, our own banking system, a, a public and community banking system, which can be run alongside uh, the, these oligarchs. Uh, but the ECB and the government won't hear of them. And, you know, we're at the hands of the financial world. The financial world is controlling every, everything we do. Um, so, like, it's not just it's not just one one simple answer to this. I I truly believe that there's going to be a monumental collapse, and that that collapse has to come about before the real change takes place. Um, because, uh, as I said earlier, like moving the deck chairs around in the Titanic is only getting us into worse and worse trouble. And the Titanic is sailing straight for the ice, iceberg at high speed. So I, I I don't know. People like me and people like dozens and dozens and dozens of other people do their best in the areas that they have experience and knowledge. Uh, but we, we get excluded from the political talk shows. We get excluded from contributing uh, anywhere, really. And it's, you know, we're... we're but then again, there's people like there's people like you and, and many many more outlets that are are emerging because of this effective uh, um, censorship um, by the by the mainstream media. So you know, we just have to hope that somewhere along the way, some of us has a victory and that there's some change made. 
for for anyone who you know it grew up in the seventies and eighties, um, where we had massive inflation, and you know, someone said to me, you know, there was a time when people were more concerned about how they were putting food on the table than actually paying the mortgage, and will that time come again? And the other element of that, people go, well, look, money is as cheap as what it is that you know. With what's going on in in COVID, and we're borrowing billions from the EU to with all the the the, the payouts and money being so cheap that we'll just tack it on and we'll pay it over the next forty years at a small interest rate, and that's the other element of it. But that's wrong as well. The whole thing. That's until interest rates go up, of course. Yes, yeah, but it, but it's the whole the whole thing from it is is you can't just put your foot on the brake and go, no, like this is meandering. It can't stop and we need to just be able to... I'll give you an example, you know, of what is really an end behaviour by the people. You take Donegal. Donegal has six, eight, maybe 10,000 homes affected by the MICA scandal at the moment and, and growing. And Donegal has a fishing industry that's being wiped out. And what do the people in Donegal do? They elect... A Fianna Fáil rap and a Fianna Gael rap. And, you know, this is what's... And, and at the moment, the, the, the MICA people are cozying up to the Fianna Fáil and the Fianna Gael rap. And they're, they're basically being led astray and leading all the victims astray, thinking they're making progress. Why can't the MICA people and why can't the fisheries people... And, and let me tell you, there's a huge agri-sector agri in Donegal. There's some of the best farmland in Ireland is in Donegal where the suckling, the, the suckling cattle trade is being attacked. Why can't they get together and put up their own independent candidates? And, and why about the civil war parties? Because that's where it's that, that's not going to be the ultimate solution. But that has to that's the start. These two civil war parties have let us all down, and they have to go. Because sometimes people believe that infiltration is everywhere. You know. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw when I was I was advising um, uh, independent farmers, uh, some some of the various groups of farmers there during the, the the period when they were blockading factories and all of that, and it was just quite unbelievable. You would get them all in a room, and they would half understand what's going on. Uh, that that's half of them. There's some very good guys in the farming sector that tend to stay quite do know fully what's going on. Um, but, you know, they go out and, and they vote for Fine Gael and Fianna Fáil and, and Sinn Féin. Sinn Féin have never been in power, so it's not easy to make, uh, um, I suppose, you certainly can't make allegations against them because they haven't been in power. But, you know, do, why, do they, why do they go out and vote for the very people that are causing the problems? This is what they do time and time and time again. Because it was a, it was a time that we voted for who our parents voted for, you know, that indoctrination on it. Well, my family, my family, you know, every part of my mother's father's, every side of our family was always Fine Gael. Not that they went out uh, uh, canvassing or anything like that, but they voted Fine Gael. But I can tell you something. If my father and mother were alive today, they would not be voting for, for this party. Seamus, we've come to the end um, of the show. Thanks for coming on. I'm sure we'll have you on again. If people want to do more research on the stuff that you're talking about as well, where can they go? 
Uh, well, I'm easily found on social media. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter. Uh, Twitter is ISBA, International Small Business Alliance, which is um, a group that I started many, many years ago, back in the 90s. Um, but I would suggest also uh, the TED Talk. My TED Talk is, is excellent. It's uh, Ireland, uh, Democracy or Corpocracy. Uh, and that would be a good thing to listen to. And again, I can be found on Messenger. And my email, I think, is freely available on the internet if you look it up. So. Perfect. I'm not that hard found. Thank you. Thank you, Seamus. Thanks, Joe. Enjoy that. Well, folks, look, that's another week. We're kicking off. We're going to have someone else coming on now next week um, and asking questions that I hope what we're trying to do is to get you to ask a lot of questions. And the one that I'm going to ask you and leave you with this week is why? Why is this happening? And what can I, as in you, do about it? Because it's only you that will make those changes individual you and your family unit so keep asking yourself why what questions do i need to ask who do i need to ask and how can i change it until next week take care and god bless and remember here at dublin south of m we're interviewing plenty of people around the world conscious leaders and that's why we have the conscious business podcast which is part of the conscious business academy offering purpose profit and prosperity in your life through soulful selling, mindful marketing, conscious leadership and creative culture. If you want to reach out to me, it's joedalton.ie. You have an awesome week and take care and look after yourself. <laughs>